Hello, uh, welcome to the latest installment of the Last Change Podcast. I have no idea what episode this is because we took some time off. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew, and my co-host is Ricky. Hello, Ricky. Hello. I understand you just got done making some dinosaur chicken nuggets. Yeah, because my kid, shout out Annabelle if you're listening, hopefully you're not. You're a little dick. <laughs> she went to Parents Night Out at Karate, laser tag, and they had pizza there, and I pick her up at 10 o'clock, and I'm hungry. They had pizza. Uh, I'm hungry. I didn't eat any. I want dino nuggets. I'm like, it's 10 o'clock at night. Go to bed. So now she's laying in bed with my wife eating dino nuggets because I'm a pushover. You did just text me to say that your kid was a douche. Yeah. But she refers to me as pepperoni nipples, so we have True story. we have a close relationship. Um, <laughs> so we've been off for a little bit. It was a, it was a mix of um, just made the dumb decision to start this podcast back up in the absolute worst part of the off season where nothing's happening, and then um, those were the uh, the practice episodes. Now we're getting into the real episodes. Oh, for sure. And then I went on vacation, and now I'm all charged up and. Uh, and that's why we're doing this at 10.30 on a Friday, because we got all the time in the world. Because um, we're cool. We are cool. We have, we have lives. <laughs> hey, I was out with my in-laws. That was uh, Ooh. Uh, that was something that happened. And so, the Devils are in camp. Um, I guess let's talk about the, the big news there first. Um, so, I think it was a couple days ago that we got wind of uh, there being one Devils player that was unvaccinated. And uh, you had heard from an unnamed source that you had a pretty good idea who it was. Um, it didn't make sense. It an, an E6. An E6, yes. Well, yeah. what, why don't we call that an R6? Sure. R6. Or Ricky 6. Um, sounds like that should be the guitar player for Guns N' Roses. Um, <laughs> but it is, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> I think that's Nikki 6. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, word came down through various channels that the unvaccinated player was Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, now we don't know for sure, but that's what um, I, that's what the consensus is at this point. Well, since everybody's a detective lately, and we're going to talk about that a little later, uh, why everybody's a detective lately, uh, everybody's trying to sleuth this thing out. So after you had told me what you heard, the next day or whenever, the Devils have their media day, and I see Mackenzie Blackwood's there. He's participating in a, in, and he also had a signing at a, at a store in Warren, New Jersey, and um, he was unmasked. And uh, then they have media day. He's there. He's doing a press conference, not wearing a mask, and and I'm saying there's no way it's him. Why would they let him do all this stuff? Uh, but then. And also, Tom Fitzgerald had said it will be obvious who the player is um, when camp starts. And camp started. Nothing was obvious. Yeah. uh, Well, because, you know, the devils like to be secretive about everything. Even the most inane stuff they're secretive about. Yeah, despite the fact that other teams, if they have vaccinated players, they've either been kicked out of camp, publicized who it is, or the player's gone on record. uh, You know, like Tyler Bertuzzi in Detroit. Now, Luke kicked a guy out of camp, but... If that guy was Tyler Bertuzzi or Mackenzie Blackwood, they're not getting kicked out of camp. Yeah, Bodie um, Wild. Yeah, they're not having their parents called to pick them up. Right. So I'm thinking, all right, it can't be Mackenzie Blackwood. So we start looking uh, who it could possibly be. And then somebody brings up the the kid that was a PTO, Tyler Watherspoon, 
uh, has quite the adventurous Twitter follows and retweets and said, all right, it's got to be this guy. And I figured Fitz saying it would be obvious who it was when camp starts means like camp's going to start. The only person that's not on the ice is going to be Tyler Watherspoon. And then you're like, uh, one and one is two. There you go. Well, yeah, but like I said, it wouldn't make sense to bring somebody in like that that you already know is a built-in problem. Yes, that's like, correct. Whether, yeah, it wouldn't make any sense, especially it's not like you're bringing in Wayne Gretzky. You're bringing in a guy I literally have never heard of in my entire life. Yeah, and uh, I mean, so we're going down the list. Who could it possibly be? Then we're thinking, is it Kokanen? Because nobody's really heard from him or Miles Wood or, or something. So the train gets put right back on the Mackenzie Blackwood tr- tracks today when... Uh, it starts getting reported. It was reported by Corey Massasak that a certain player is not vaccinated. It's not a prospect. It's not a player from Utica. And the Devils. Not a PTO. It's not a PTO. And the big thing he said was the Devil season will be affected if he does not get vaccinated. So, and then that gets further uh, kicked the can down the road when Greg Wyshynski tweets that it's a high profile player. So. Right, and they also said to answer the question of why Blackwood was doing media without a mask on, it wasn't under COVID protocol because they had proper social distancing. Um, and when they start doing, you know, locker room interviews and somebody's wearing a mask, you'll know who it is. <clears throat> yeah, and they didn't mention Blackwood by name, but they said the player was at media day, but there was social distancing and. And all that stuff. So, and then Greg Wyshynski said it was a high-profile player. So, I'm just thinking, since Wyshynski's talking about it and said it was a big deal, and Corey said that the devil season will be affected, it has to be Mackenzie Blackwood because it's not Quokinen, it's not Mike McLeod, it's not... Uh, well, think about the high-profile players that it could be. Hughes, Heeshear, uh PK, like these guys, I'm pr- I'm like 99% sure have all come out that they're vaccinated. Yeah, even somebody said on, on Twitter, they were guessing that it was uh, Sharon Govich. And you know what? In the last two weeks, Sharon Govich flew from Russia to Belarus to the Caribbean, not yeah. to New Jersey. Right. He's vaccinated. Right. right. Um, so I'm, I'm honestly going to operate under the assumption it's Mackenzie Blackwood until somebody tells me he isn't. You know that that Bass Pro Shops hat he was wearing at the signing tipped me off. Um, that's just a joke, people. I buy stuff at Bass Pro Shops. I go fishing. It's just a joke. Uh, but So, like I had said on Twitter, and you know, my issue isn't that – my issue isn't that he's unvaccinated. Uh, it's a whole long political debate that I'm not going to get into. Uh, I'm vaccinated. I don't care if someone's vaccinated or not vaccinated, whatever. It's not my business. So I don't really care. Uh, I, I do care in certain instances, but let's neither here nor there. When it comes to the team, I'm not so much worried about him getting sick and getting everyone else sick because you can still get sick if you're vaccinated. He's going to get tested like daily at this point. My bigger issue is, is that not only is it going to affect the team by him not being able to play in any games in Canada, which is, what, 20, 30 games? Oh, can't uh, be that much. Or 15, 15 games. So let's yeah. say they make the playoffs by some miracle and they play Toronto in the first round. Yeah, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, whatever. Yeah, then you right. don't. I mean, Jonathan Bernier makes me not care that, that Blackwood wouldn't be able to play in December 3rd in Winnipeg. But Right, but here's the, here's the problem. Yeah. What happens if Bernier gets hurt? Exactly. That plus 
you know, you say you don't care about who's vaccinated or not, but when we're talking about the team, say Blackwood gets COVID again. He's had it twice. And obviously we're not going to get too far into it because it starts to get stupid. But, I mean, we're both vaccinated. But the, the consensus is that if you're vaccinated, the symptoms of COVID are way diminished. You're not going to go to the hospital, whatever. Uh, maybe you go to the hospital. It's, it's going to be like a bad cold. But what if he gets it again? He's not vaccinated. He's going to be out for a lengthy period of time. Well, that, that's my point. That's yeah. where it starts pissing me off. That's the, the that's the part that affects the team. Not the, I'm worried he's going to get other players sick. I, I'm, I, I worry about the part that's going to affect the team. Where it's going to be a distraction. It's going to be something that's constantly brought up. And he's not going to be able to play in Canada. If Bernier gets hurt, God forbid, who's your two goalies? We have Wedgwood and who? Uh, Schmidt. You're bringing somebody up from Akira Schmidt. I yeah. mean, like, come on. And That's the other, terrible. the other thing that that was a bad look on on Blackwood as far as the situation is, um, people were investigating like his likes on Instagram and all this stuff. And I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. That's not the point. You know, if he was liking, uh, you know, Greg Abbott, the the governor of Texas, if he was liking his shit, then who cares? But he follows and likes this thing called Project Veritas, which is trying to expose the the COVID vaccines as a as a hoax and a conspiracy theory. So that oh, I follow them also. Do you? Yes. Really? They do a lot more than that also. But it's one of these things where I just follow both sides of every issue so I can be actually educated on things. I do too. I, I you know, I, I follow both sides. Currently, but- I haven't honestly looked. Honestly, I might not be following them anymore, but I was for a while because this was way before um, COVID where they were doing uh, undercover stuff about, you know, uh, CNN and all those companies. And I'm, I hate all media companies. So that stuff interests me. Well, I hate, it's the kind of thing. That goes both where, ways. I hate Fox. I hate CNN. I hate everyone. They're all garbage. It's the kind of thing where you, regular citizen Ricky, nobody's going to look to see who you're following or care. But when you're the starting right. goaltender in the future of the New Jersey Devils, and you're accused of being the lone non-vaccinated player, you know, then that stuff can get scrutinized a yeah. little bit. And again, we don't know that it's him, but we're just working off the assumption that it is. But yeah, I just think, you know, like I said to somebody the other day, you, you're, you're, you're Andrew Schmo, you're, you're Ricky Schmo. I don't vaccinated, unvaccinated. I don't care. Just don't, don't come near me. Don't get me sick. Hey, my best friend when, is unvaccinated. The poor bastard's got to, got to get. Uh, tested three days a week because he keeps going to concerts and stuff. But eh, whatever he wants to do, I guess. At least I right. know he doesn't have COVID. Right. So the point is, um, it, it starts to affect the team, which is which is my biggest issue here. Um, and th- I mean, that's really the long and short of it. Like, you know, if I were if I were making millions of dollars a year, you can inject me with. I can give you a long list of things you can inject me with. I don't care. Give me millions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, you know, it's just one of those things. I can't wrap my head around it because I'm not in that situation. And maybe it's one of these things where these people that have had it assume they have natural immunity and, you know, nat- and don't need it. I, I don't I Whatever. I don't know. This is going to be a whole thing, though. Um, it's going to be a whole thing for seasons. And, and the one thing that did come up that I saw was that I think it was Corey Massasak had – Someone had meant, commented on his that he reported that all the players were vaccinated, and according to him, he his information was that they were vaccinated. He was the information was correct, 
but apparently this player changed their mind right before um, yeah. training camp. Yep. Um, I don't. I hope it's not going to be an issue because number one, if it is him, the Devils have until mid-November to fix this problem or or convince him to get it. And if he was going to do it and change his mind, he's at least maybe reasonable, uh, convincible, if you want to say that. Um, but at the same time, uh, a month ago or so, there were 15 or less players in the NHL uh, that were not vaccinated. Out of over 700 players, that's amazing numbers. And even some of them have gotten vaccinated already. Uh, the biggest case of a guy who is not vaccinated and simply will not do it is Tyler Bertuzzi. He is going to miss 30 games because in his division, right. he's got right. Canadian teams. Yep. Um, so the Devils division is is a helper there. They don't play in Canada until December 3rd. And even then, I don't care if it's Jonathan Bernier playing in Winnipeg on, on December third. Yeah, I start to care. I start to care more where if Bernier gets injured or doesn't play well, or playoffs start, start to, to roll get, around. And right, I start in, to get yeah. more and more concerned. Yeah. So, I guess that's something we're going to figure out in the next couple of days, probably. I don't think they can keep something like this a secret for that long. And I don't know. They kept Nico's knee a secret for like six months. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that one of the reasons they're being so uh, tight-lipped about it is that they think they have the opportunity to convince this player to get vaccinated, and then it's never an issue. Um, My plan, I had posted this on Twitter, was I just want someone to break into his house and stab him in the arm with the J&J shot. And I say J&J, Johnson & Johnson, because it's it's a one-time deal, and there's no breaking and entering three weeks from then to get the second shot in. Um, but just a single charge. Yeah. It's just, isn't it like this being a devil's fan? You know, like we have so many reasons to be excited. Uh, Dude, when I saw that and I got that, when I got the DM, I literally, I was like, I I just literally started getting excited about the season. Are you fucking kidding me? There's always something that there's always fucking something. Like last year we were like a little like optimistic. And then Nico was out. It's just like, can, can we just start? One season with like optimism, even like the season we did start out well. We fucking first game being a Devils fan sometimes, five nothing lead or four nothing lead and blew it, and then the season just went to shit. Being a Devils fan sometimes it's like waking up in the morning and pouring yourself a delicious bowl of raisin bran crunch. You slice up the bananas, pour some milk in there. You're excited for breakfast, and then you're like, you know what? I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. You go to the bathroom, you come back to find out somebody pissed in your cereal. That that's what yeah. So, not to cut you off, I'm a Falcons fan also, which people probably know. Ah, the Falcons. And they're just, they're just as bad as the Devils. But there's a there's a fan, you know, SB Nation, I guess, runs it. But uh, the Falcoholic is a, is a Falcons, you know, website, blog, or whatever. And they have a bunch of legit writers with, um, you know, credentials and stuff. But they have a tweet that they have pinned since 2015, and every year the season starts, I retweet it because it's the most accurate thing I've ever heard, and it starts to cross over into being accurate about the Devils. And the tweet is, and I'll change it for the Devils, being a Devils fan is like riding a roller coaster with a terrible safety record. <laughs> That's true. Or to... Uh, to um... Well, at least since 2004. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, take 2012 out of it. So one year out of the last 17 have, has been great. Um, to also take a David Tell joke from 18, 19 years ago to show how old I am. It's like waking up Christmas morning excited, then running down the stairs to remember that you're Jewish. Um, 
I forget what he was using that to describe, but getting excited and then being slapped in the face with something is is basically what it's like to be a Devils fan and a Red Bulls fan lately. Lately, but we'll get there. Um, Yeah. So I watched a couple videos of camp. Uh, Nothing really stood out. It was a it was a bunch of guys in practice uniforms uh, skating in circles. Um, Right. Uh, A couple of the the notes I had seen from players, uh, Dougie Hamilton in particular. Something I did like to hear was the energy was good and accountability. And his fitness was, uh, somebody commented that the players were really like surprised in a good way at his fitness and, and what good shape he was in. Right, but I, I like the word accountability because I feel like that's something that's been missing for years from them. Yep. Um, you know, I take it for what it's worth, but I think the leadership on the team has been dog shit for years and years and years. You don't have those guys that you know, get in the locker room and get in somebody's face and, and tell them to get their shit together. You know, everyone's, you know, it's all for, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I guess it just kind of depends on the, the roster of what kind of coach you need and what kind of culture you need, whether it's, you know, everyone's best friends and the coach is a best friend or you need a hard ass like Tortorella, which wears at its welcome, obviously, after a while. But, you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of both. And I think rough is like a good mixture of that. Um, but I think they need those leaders in the in the locker room to to step it up a little bit. And I don't I don't think Nico's going to ever be the the vocal the vocal guy. He's more the you know lead the by consummate example on professional, the ice. right? The lead by example on the ice kind of guy. Um, but you know maybe Jack comes into that, and maybe Dougie fills that role too because he's been around a bit. I hope so. Well, the confidence that Jack Hughes has is unbelievable. So yeah, astounding. So 31 Thoughts, uh, the podcast, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, they do their, uh, every time they do the NHL's media tour, they always get a lot of players for interviews and, and they talk to Jack Hughes and Elliot Friedman immediately. He's like, wow, is that kid confident? And all he talks about is how confident he is that his game's going to explode. He's going to have a great season. And I like to hear that. I, I just don't yeah. see a guy being that confident and then having like a dud of a season. So, right, and especially, like, you forget, too, like, he's been in the league two years, and he hasn't had a full 82-game season yet. Yeah, and you have to discount that COVID season for everybody because it was such a fuck That's what year. I mean. Yeah. So, like, yeah, and then, like, last year was, was like, a weird season. Like, he hasn't had a full 82 games, and now he's, what, three years in, right? Uh, he, he's putting on muscle. He's, he's growing. He's getting older. He's – I really – I say this a lot, but I really think he's going to – I really think this is the year he kind of takes a giant leap and, and we could see 70, 80 points out of him. Well, you remember how good he looked last year before the whole team got polio. Right. Yeah. He looked unbelievable. He was the best – he looked. He literally looked like Patrick Kane on the ice. He looked like he was untouchable. Every time he was on the ice, It was he was the best player on the ice by far. Yeah, so I hope he put on a couple pounds. Uh, you know, he still looks like a tiny guy, but I hope he put on some right. muscle and – uh, he's ready to go, and, and it seems like everybody's a hundred percent healthy. Um, I think Dude, Sharon Govich looks just unbelievable. In, like even all way. these, like these, all these tournaments he's played in. Like I don't, I don't follow any of these tournaments, but I see the videos and stuff. The kid just keeps getting better and better and better. I, I don't understand it. I love this guy, and I just don't understand where where it came from. Me neither. But I, I've talked about this so much that uh, I follow him and his and his wife on Instagram, and it's mostly his wife. But he just scores nonstop goals, and then goes like on a on a romantic balloon ride with his wife uh, holding a rose. 
like and then the next day scores a couple more goals and then he goes and buys a dog with his wife and uh, he's all over instagram cuddling with it like he, he was just oh, here it is what's that I, there was a tweet that i had saved that i wanted to read here um it was from russian hockey blog yeah. and it was just uh quotes about um sharon govich an interview he gave to this website and um I, do you want me to just read it sure there's a couple of like slides. Yeah, there's four. I saw um, that too. Right. Yeah. So uh, about his fame, he said, "I do all these things I've been doing earlier. Try not to think about my popularity. It's my wife who's always who always reacts much more. Publishes a lot of the videos with me. In everyday life, I'm trying to be an ordinary person who has a wife, parents, and a dog. Chats with friends and relatives, and just plays hockey." About his contract, I didn't really get into the nuances or put forward any demands. My agent briefly informed me on the progress. I think negotiations were not difficult. New Jersey treats me very well, so I believe everything will be okay. The most important thing for me was to sign a new contract and move on, working on improving and playing the NHL. I don't even want to talk about this one because it doesn't make sense. It's unrelated to this. Um, and about his dog. It's a poodle. My wife and I have been thinking about the dog for a long time. It's such a sweet creature. You just don't want to ever leave it. We spent a lot of time together. His name is Sharky. Honestly, that was his nickname. Shane Prince gave me playing in dynamo so we decided to name our dog that that's a cool nickname he's just like so like likable this guy just got back from us the summer the the sharon govich summer of love yeah and he's gonna come like rip 30 goals this year he's just so likable too oh like, i'm, I'm getting his like, jersey like i, I uh, he's, he's just so i love him i love everything about him <laughs> I, I tend to really like russian players because they always have really quirky and good personalities but this guy not even like goofy and quirky. He's just like everything you want in a prospect and a hockey player. Yeah. And absolutely. one of the best things about him last year was that no one was waiting for him. Nope. You know, we're talking Hughes being so bad. We're going to draft Luke Hughes. Heischer's development, Brat, uh, Walsh, Smith, you know, all these guys, Holtz, Mercer. And then all of a sudden this dude comes and like becomes our best goal scorer out of nowhere. He's going to be our – I saw today that one of the lines was Sharon Govich, Hughes, and Tatar. He, he's going to be our top line. He's going to be our top line wing. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Sharon Govich, Hughes, Tatar makes me terrified for defense, but we'll see how it goes. Um, the other news, not really big news, but it's, it's of note if you care about these kinds of things – is that uh, Lindy Ruff says his intention is for Pavel Zaka and uh, Jesper Boquist to play center. And that is confusing because Hughes, Heischer, and McLeod are locks for one, two, and four. Uh, so not only that, Zaka proved he's way better on wing. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a little confused at that. That's his intention, but we'll see how camp plays out. Uh, the other thing, to just to go back a second, I remembered uh, one of the other things that Lindy Ruff had said that I really liked was players are going to earn ice time. No one's being giving us no one's being giving a spot on the roster, and players are going to earn their ice time. And you know, sometimes that's coach speak, but I really think coming into this season, the way things are shaping up and the roster shaping up, especially with all the PTOs and you know our bottom six is kind of like up in the air. I really feel like that's but that's a realistic assumption or a realistic statement for him to make. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. And it's fine. You know, it, it's fine if he's good at it. Uh, I, I'd like if, you know, if he actually wins face-offs, then keep him there because uh, this team can't win face-offs. And it's been like that for a couple of years. Um, well, I know who I want the other the other center to be. 
Who? We'll talk about that in a little bit. Who? Who is it? Talk about it in a little bit when we get to the prospect games. Oh yeah, that's right. Let's talk about that then, because we're, we're we've pretty much exhausted our. Current All right. Uh, so, so the first yeah. game against Buffalo, they got their shit kicked in. Um, was that I watched, three nothing. Three or four nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched parts of the game. I didn't watch too much of it because it was just you know what was the point of? I didn't see it live, but I went back and watched. Um, the two guys that. I think we're really impressive even in that bad of a loss. And you're going to see this as a common theme for me. <laughs> One was Dawson Mercer. I think he was probably the best player on the ice for both teams, even though they, they got their shit pushed in. And on defense, I don't you know, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. I, I could talk. I could talk. Talk. I don't know. That's, Oshkosh Bagash, yes, whatever what his is. name is. Oshkosh Bagash. Um, he and I'll and so we'll leave it at that for that game. There was nothing really good about that game. So the Boston game, the next game, the Mercer foot, um, Holtz line was just unbelievable. Yep. Um, Mercer again, I think he was the best player on the ice again. He was everywhere. He's a center, he's winning faceoffs, he does the right thing in his own zone. There was a bunch of plays, and I watched this whole game. Um, he does the right thing in every situation. Now I know this is against prospects. This is not an NHL game, um, but you want your guys that you want to step up. You want to see them play that part against those players that they're better than. And he did for sure. Um, the first goal was that he scored was foot absolutely crunched somebody in the corner, controlled the puck. He poked at the Holtz and Mercer got to the open area in the slot and fired home a shot. Um, the second goal for that line was just an absolute rocket from Holtz a wrist shot that just sent the the water bottle into fucking orbit. Chris uh, Westcott um, made me giggle when he was going over the highlights in between the periods. He's he said thoughts and prayers to that water bottle, and that couldn't have been more true because that thing fucking exploded off the top of the oh, net. Fucking sent it into orbit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, it was another great play. It was a power play goal, I think. Uh, Mercer controlled the puck. Passed it over to Foot, who kind of no look backhanded it right onto the tape to Holtz, and he ripped a uh, wrist shot at top corner. And then the third goal again, uh, this time it was Foot scoring. Um, I mean, they had the puck in the offensive zone, they lost it. Mercer was relentless on the forecheck. He stole the puck, and he just kind of lays it over to you know fakes a shot, kind of goes heel to toe, fakes the shot, and lays it over to Foot with an open net, and just he one times at home. It was just a beautiful play again. Um, and as far as the defense goes, I'll say this. Uh, Oktok, I, I, I wish I knew how to pronounce his name because I feel like an asshole. But um, he, both games watching him, and I really focused in on him, especially after the first game after I feel he played really well. He was what I was expecting Kevin Ball to be. And Kevin Ball was what I was expecting him to be. Ball could still... You know, there's a lot of people. I'm saying, not saying he's yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying I expected him to be the guy that was going out of the way to hit everything and everybody. Uh, he got up the ice. He made some really nice outlet passes. He gained the zone a couple times. He controlled the puck at the zone. He got a couple of really nice shots. But he, this dude was just patrolling the ice, just fucking crunching everybody that moved that wasn't wearing a devil's jersey. 
You know, and I loved every second of it. You know, it's pretty nice to think about. We're talking about him and and Kevin Ball and and the guy that's not even here yet, Shakir Mukhamadulin, is the is, one that's is getting playing great. Yeah, yeah, is the one that's getting all the praise. So, I just oh man, I would love to eat crow on that pick. Oh god, I would love to eat crow. Yeah, the, him and the Stillman pick. Uh, I I I want uh, Corey Corey yeah. Corey Stillman. Yeah, I. I mean, fucking Chico. The whole game was calling him Corey Stillman. Yeah, yeah, right. Number sixty-one, Corey Stillman. Um, <laughs> I kept saying Corey Stillman. Yeah. I was like Chico. That's Chase, not his name. Chase. God damn it. Um, but my my opinion on both of those picks is you already got the players you wanted. Um, why not take somebody off the board with a with a late first round pick that could turn into something? But. Right. My only issue again, not to go back on it again, but was they could have got him in the second round. Probably. And I always think, you know, none of us are in that room. I'm wondering if they had like one or two players that were like, if if he's here, we're going to get him. You know, maybe Corey's (laughs) now you got me doing it. Maybe Chase Stillman was third (laughs) on like the list of players they wanted and the other two got grabbed. So you just go with your next player, whatever. So So anyway, going back to the game. Yeah. The other two guys on defense, uh, Vukovic, I thought looked really calm out there. Um, he's really good with the puck. He was put, kind of patrolling the power play, uh, the point at the power play. He was out there a lot. Um, Nikita, Akotuk, I don't know, again, whatever. Just call that him guy. something. Let's call him number 82. Call him Uncle Bob, Nikita. I don't know. Yeah. Uncle Nikita. Nikita. Yeah. Yeah, Nikita. Um, La Femme Nikita. I felt like he was out. He must have played <laughs> – 35 minutes. I feel like he was on the ice literally every time I looked, he was out there. Um, Riley Walsh, um, he, I think he looked really calm as well. Um, he, What I really liked was there was a bunch of times in the game where he was kind of pinned in his own corner with kind of no help, and he always made the right play. Like He never just kind of threw it up the boards blindly like we've seen for the past multiple years Devils players do. He was calm. He, he kind of made a move, passed it over here, passed it over there, cleared it out. You know, cleared it out of danger when he had to. the The fourth goal, I don't know who scored it. I don't know the guy's name honestly, um, but he he made a great outlet pass from his own zone all the way on the tape, which then sprung the other guy for for basically a breakaway. It was a really nice pass. Um, I really liked what I saw out of him, especially in his own zone, where I was a little nervous because I, I, you know, you see these like offensive defensemen like Damon Severson, and you worry about kind of how they are in their own zone. But I think he looked calm, and I really really liked the way he looked in his own zone. Um, the only other player that I had any notes really about was uh, Rand Clark, and I just, his shot is, is fucking electric. The, the guy's got a cannon. It's so fast. He, I, he took a snapshot, and it, like, it, it was faster than the camera. Like the, He missed, you know, I think it was saved, or he just missed the, the corner. But, like, the camera couldn't even keep up with it. It was a fucking rocket. Well, this is um, the best so, prospect group we've had in 20 years, and I'm not even kidding. Yeah, right. And and the, the note I had here was, I know this sounds stupid, and it's overreacting after one game, blah, blah, blah. But I would really love to see a fourth line or a third line of Holtz, Mercer, Foot, just even if it's for first month of the season or bring him up after the well, season be, starts and let him play they, let him play in Utica for a bit it'll be nine um, games or each player right. can only get nine before you burn a year on right. the level contract right but you know I mean, I mean like a month into the season or um well, maybe not let me season. let me go into Whatever. that I, I was just going to talk about that I, I was waiting for you to finish 
I know the chances are slim. There's a lot of players battling for bottom six spots, and, and I still think that they're going to sign one of Jimmy Vesey or Freddie Gauthier, um, who they have on PTOs. But that line could be a perfect third line. I mean, they're all young. It's risky, but you got Nolan Foote, who's a big guy. He's a power forward. He's got a lot of skill. You got Dawson Mercer in the center, who can do everything. Then Alexander Holtz on the right on the right side with that shot and the scoring ability. It's the perfect combination. Uh, it, it's, it's a perfect line. Yeah, it, it really is. And I know it's off of one game, like you just said, but right. I mean, what else? Mercer. I, I was trying to think of like who he reminds me of. Um, he reminds me a bit of like um, Gallagher in Montreal, like kind of that. You know, he can score. He's got he's got finishing touch, but he just does everything right. Um, and you could see he's kind of a pain in the ass out there for the other team. He was like all up in everybody's shit the whole game too. Um, and Chico, you know, Chico was raving about him. And one thing he said that I was like, Jesus, Chico, show the guy some respect. He said, Mercer's going to be a great third line center for a championship team. Well, I think he has, but I think his potential is way higher than that. Well, let me ask you this honestly. though. If that championship team is the devils, then Chico's right. Because Jack and, and Nico aren't moving. So yeah. if the right. Devils are hell-bent on, on Mercer being a center, I really thought he was a wing to start out. But then then Chico's right. But the problem with putting that line out there, and it's good, like you said, a month into the season or early in the season, nine games, whatever, is if the Devils are playing meaningful hockey in February, March, April, I just don't think that line's going to match up well with the third line of like the Bruins or... Yeah, you know, no, for sure. The Flyers or the Rangers. Yeah. I would just like to see them get a couple of games together in the NHL just to kind of get their feet wet. I'm not saying they need to stay up. Or I agree with you 100%. Like that, I, I do. I just don't see the downside in it. Like, if they play bad, fine. You send them back. It was a learning experience. If they play well, great. Now they have confidence to go back to Utica and, and continue to play well. I don't see the downside in it. I think Nolan Foote out of the three has the best shot to to be on the opening night roster and actually stay for the whole big. season. Yeah. He's just big. Yeah. And we need He's that. He's huge. Yeah. Oh yeah. We need that. So, um, I honestly, I maybe you know, obviously coaches see things differently, but Nikita, I, I don't, he, he put his best foot forward for sure in those two games. And I really can't wait to see him play a couple of, um, preseason games against the NHL competition because he looked like a force out there. Let me ask you this. Is he lefty or righty? I, I don't know. Lefty. So, lefty. Defense, there's not a lot of open spots because Ty Smith and and Ryan Graves are obviously playing. And that left, that L3, uh, you know, LD, whatever, LHG3, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm, I'm having a stroke. Uh, you got Kevin Ball, you got Oshkosh Bagash, you got Jonas Siegenthaler, who's on an NHL contract and, and would have to go through waivers. So, you know, he's going to be in the NHL, whether it's press box or whatever. Um so it's going to be tough for him to get a look. I think he might be fourth in line behind yeah. Siegenthaler, uh, Ball, and uh, is that it? Right, but that comes back to what what Ruff had to say. His players are going to earn their ice time. I hope that's true. I hope there's open competition, and I hope if somebody plays really well and deserves a spot, they get a spot. There's one, yeah, but there's one D spot that's open, and that's that third pairing left wing spot. And right now. It's seeking dollars to lose, I think. Um, but, uh, no, I hope you're right. I hope somebody blows everyone away and takes that spot from him. You know, I, I'm telling you, I didn't know who it was. 
I was watching it and I'm like, I assumed it was Kevin Ball because he was wearing 82 and Ball's wearing 88. And I kept seeing him on the ice and I was like, God damn, this dude's hitting everything. And I saw him make a couple of nice plays in the offensive zone where he he jumped up in the rush and he made some really nice outlet passes and he was good in his own zone. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not Ball. And then I really started to watch it and I was like, damn. Because I remember when he was drafted, um, I think he played for, what, the Ottawa 60, 69s or whatever? The, <laughs> the 67s, yeah. 67s. Um, a lot of our prospects. They, yeah, they, they were saying how he's a lot better. He's a lot more mobile than people think he is because of his size. Um, but he can hit, and he can move the puck, and he can skate. Um, so those are all. And I thought he was bigger than he is, actually. He's only 6'1", 200 pounds. Hmm. He plays bigger than that, I can tell you that much. Well, I'll tell you what, I like this team. Um, on paper, it's tough to write down what four lines would look like. And I think, you know, Tatar, Hughes, Sharon Govich, uh, you know, it's not amazing. It's got potential. But I, I, I think... Is it wrong Is it wrong that I was hoping that Andreas Janssen was the unvaccinated player? No, because we both talked about this. Like, if it was him, then you're like, oh, well, it sucks for him. I guess it's his yeah. choice, you know? Goodbye. <laughs> your body. Your body, your choice. Joy Utica. <laughs> um, but, you know what? I, I want to give that guy a shot. You know, he scored. I don't. He scored 20 goals in Toronto. He's got that in him. Yeah. Um, and he, He's one of the guys where they made the move, and I first guessed it, so I can be right. If he sucks, I can say I told you so. Yeah, well, I also, and I've been saying this since we started this podcast, I'm also giving a lot of people the benefit of the doubt over the COVID season last year that if they didn't play the way we thought they should, they should get a second chance. You can, I don't think you could judge anybody off that season. So. I'm willing. I mean, look, if he starts 15 games, he's got one goal, get him out of here. Like, and, and I'm sure they will, uh, because at this point, we've got people to to step in for him. You know, this is not the Devils of five years ago, where if someone was playing poorly or got hurt, you're calling up, you know, Tim Sestito and Rod Pelly and... Um, Rod the Bye. Yeah, Rod the Bye. I mean, that's not this Devils team anymore. So, Graham Clark, Nolan Foote. Alexander Holtz, these guys are going to be breaking down the door for jobs. And I hope Andreas Janssen knows that. And if he puts in 20 goals on Nico's wing or wherever he is right now, then great. But if not, I don't care. We've got the guys that are going to step up and and compete for spots. So, Right, and this is the thing that I hate about Twitter and Devil's Twitter in particular. If I say that Andreas Janssen sucks and I don't want him on the team and he goes out and scores 30 goals... Do you think I'm upset that I was wrong? Like, oh fuck, I'm, I'm no, I'm fucking, I'm super excited, awesome. I'm an asshole. He's right. He was, he, you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm gonna. I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm gonna give you a good yeah, segue. Yeah, I'd rather be wrong. I'm gonna. I don't delete my. I don't delete my tweets. Gonna, I leave them up. I'm gonna give you a good segue. Just don't make any bets on him that result in you getting oh, a tattoo. Christ. Yeah. So anyway, so Garrett, <laughs> Garrett NJD30, big announcement for you, fuckface. <laughs> Is I had my tattoo appointment scheduled for Monday to get the tattoo that I promised you I would get. I'm a man of my word. What's the tattoo? And I will be. It's just his number, number seven. All right. He's gonna. It's black and white, and he's gonna put a little shading in to make it look nice. But it's it's just number seven. <laughs> I, I'm bet you're, I bet you're happy you're getting that one and not a Pavel Zaka tattoo. Yes, <laughs> but I, I figured that one. 
that one there was literally no chance that I was losing that bet. <laughs> yeah, well. This one I didn't think there was any chance either, honestly, but uh here we are. You got but yeah, that's scheduled for Monday. I already went for my consultation, I already put the deposit down, so I'm going Monday. You got any uh thing else devils wise you want to talk about before we move over to the Red Bulls? <sighs> no. I have really I hadn't really have a chance today to, to kind of look through, you know, all the stuff that's been going on with camp because I can't really get on Twitter. Well, and they got uh, uh, the they got scrimmages this weekend. We're going to be able to individually watch guys, so we'll probably have much more of a breakdown on that next week. Um Yeah, there were some guys at the prospect tournament that I literally didn't even know existed on the planet Earth. Me too. So I was me like, too. oh, this is like okay. I'm like, <laughs> they just they literally just threw this guy in their well, the roster to fill the spot. You know me, man. Anybody that claims to say that certain prospects that weren't like first round picks are good or bad i just don't believe they have any idea what they're talking about um unless you're craig button or something but uh all right new york red bulls so i was thinking about this before my intention is for this podcast to just cover everything not just hockey uh you and i have a lot of stuff in common we talk about a lot of things video games current events soccer hockey so Movie shout out te movie pod. Well, that's the that's the outlet for that. But I mean, for all this other stuff, yeah. And and in Act Three of this podcast, we're, I'm gonna just blow this out of the water and talk about something crazy. I'm sure you know what it is. Um, actually, don't. But okay. As soon as I start talking about it, you're gonna be like, Jesus I'm Christ, sure you're obsessed. So anyway, <laughs> oh fuck my life. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, so. The New York Red Bulls are sort of making news. Uh, they had a, a match against NYCFC this past Wednesday, and it was one nothing City going into stoppage time. And uh, for a decent portion of the match, one of the supporters groups in Section 102, the Viking Army, was holding up a banner that said, not good enough. Um, that caused an internet fire. So for some background... I was a season ticket holder starting in 2012, and I just gave them up last year. I just don't have the time. But walking into Red Bull Arena on any given match day, no matter who they were playing, whether it was David Beckham's LA Galaxy or, you know, the Chicago Fire, who who have been terrible the last couple of years, there was not one thought in my mind that I was going to see the Red Bulls lose. They were a powerhouse at home. And it was so much fun and this team in like an exceptionally short period has just taken a nosedive and it started when jesse marsh left um they they promoted chris armis to coach and he was not as we found out lately he wasn't really willing to carry on the jesse marsh brand of soccer the the high press and and all that stuff. And the team stopped scoring and became boring. And, and uh, players like Kamar Lawrence wanted out. And um, the team just fumbled from there. And then they hire, they uh, then they hire the villain from um, Die Hard, Hans Gruber. And um, <laughs> he is promising the way he was being sold to us. But the team is now made up of children. And some of them they spent a lot of money on, like Patrick Lamala, who is doing well. Uh, Fabio's been very good. But this team doesn't seem to have a direction. And, and fans are caught arguing between, are we a farm team for Salzburg and Leipzig? And right now you could argue no, because in the past how many years, the de- uh, Devils, the Red Bulls have transferred two and a half players to Europe. It's Matt Miazga went to Chelsea. And he's not exactly having a great career out there. Uh, Tyler Adams went to Leipzig. He's excellent. 
and Caden Clark is apparently leaving after this season. Um, so he's the half. So they're not, if their plan is to be a feeder club, they're not doing a good job at it. But on the other hand, they're not building a competitive MLS club. So that's the background. This be- So let me, let me jump yeah, in here ahead. real quick. So I'm not a huge, I'm a big English Premier League fan. I don't really follow MLS. I've been to a game with Andrew and I'll talk about that in a second. Um, <clears throat> but just to give people who don't follow background a little bit, the, the game Andrew's talking about would basically be like Devils playing Rangers um, and then Devils fans holding up a sign in the crowd that said not good enough and then Devils fans being like, how could you do that? We're playing against our biggest rival. You know what game and then that the is? Typical- I'll get more specific for you. It was two seasons ago. I was in Montreal watching this game on my iPad when the Devils played the Rangers three games in like seven days and they were losing four nothing uh to the rangers at home that's the exact Mm -hmm. game it made me think of but go ahead yeah and so (laughs) then you put a banner up that says not good enough and then the typical devil's twitter shitstorm you know infighting begins um now the difference here is that there's what three different supporters clubs for red bull Oh, that's another podcast in itself. Uh, there's a Viking Army. At least two. There's a Viking Army and then Empire, there's the, uh, there was GSU. Empire Supporters Club, right? Yeah, GSU got their charter taken away for numerous criminal, act- not criminals, but illegal activities. And they're trying to come back under a different name, but that's whatever. And yeah. and as far as, you know, I'm probably butchering this, but I, I know the basics of it because I was reading about it the other day, is that they don't essentially get along in terms of they have different philosophies about things and, and the way things are and... and um, but you know, when I went to the game with Andrew, I sat in the, um, seg- the Viking army section with Andrew and everyone was, I mean, I had an awesome, we had a great time. I had an awesome time. Everyone was super nice. The team was still good. Um, and, and the, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they won and they beat, you know, they beat city that day. Um, but it was just, a, it was a good time. Like everyone was super nice. No one was really, I didn't even like the other, whatever empire supporters club, or whatever it's called. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. Empire. Um, yeah. Everyone seemed Empire supporters club. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone seemed super nice. Like I didn't think it was like a big thing, but apparently it is a big, uh, a big thing. But long and short of it, um, I get as a Devils fan, and the reason I, me and Andrew talked about talking about this here is, um, it, it's a crossover kind of between being a Devils fan and being, uh, you know, a Red Bull fan. You know, the, they're early on in the stage of being shitty where we're kind of past that point where we were really good for a while and now we're, and then we're shitty and now we're kind of making it hopefully kind of coming back on the upswing. But something that we all fight about on Twitter all the time and people call me negative for shitting on the team. Like, I'm sorry if like, I want the team to be better. Like I'm sorry if they haven't been good in, you know, 15 years where like you used to have that, excitement of like you know we're gonna win every game or we actually this is the year we actually have a chance and you like took it for granted that you were going to the playoffs and when you didn't make the playoffs it was like heartbreaking yeah. and now you're just like this fucking whoa maybe maybe we'll won't come in last this year woohoo you know and you're like all right well you know if we're gonna suck might as well really suck and get a high draft pick yeah, now we so I get now we got to deal with Steve Cangelosi on on like a Tuesday in February saying, eh, the Devils if they hang on to win this game, they're only going to be 16 points back of that last playoff spot." <laughs> right. So, you know, I get now. the frustration and what I, and I was reading about the the Red Bull saga, I guess we can call it. 
And I, I just don't, I, maybe it's just hard for me to, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the logic of like being okay with losing. It's a problem. And then being yeah. mad at other people that they're upset that they're losing. Like, especially, you know, I don't go to a ton of games anymore just because it's just a hassle and, and whatever. But, like, you're spending your money. Like, these people are spending their hard-earned money to go to the game. They're spending tons of money on concessions because it's expensive. And they want to go and watch your team win. Like, I don't understand what's so wrong with wanting the team to be good. Well, Like, it's not good enough. So the- It's not good enough to go from being, like, a really good team to just selling all your good players and being garbage and then being okay with that. Well, I'll I'll give you the the shortest version I possibly can on, on between the supporters clubs and the fans. So, um, from that time period I'm talking about, 2012 to two years ago, uh, the Red Bulls won three supporter shields. Now, the supporter shield is the fan funded trophy that goes to the team with the best record in the league. In any other league in the world, it's the champion. You win the league, you're the champion. But the way American sports are, you have playoffs, and then you go through that. So. Um, a lot of people sort of look down on, on the supporter shield like it's not the, the real thing. So we've got... It's like the President's Trophy, basically. Exactly. It would be the NHL, whoever won the President's Trophy, you know, do you really celebrate that? Or, you know, you want the cup, of course. So we want MLS Cup, and they haven't won it in their 26, 27 years, whatever, how long they've been in existence, 94, 96, I don't remember. But um, So you do have a segment of the fan base that is tired of first, second round uh, conference final playoff exits saying we've never won this trophy. Like we need to do better or whatever. And then you have another segment that's, you know, you're never allowed to be negative about this team. We won the shield three times. And so that's one rift between the fans. Now you mentioned the supporters clubs. There really hasn't been any drama in the last couple of years. And one of the things was the Viking army's a newer club. And it was, the team is already the Red Bulls uh, empire is the oldest supporters club in MLS and they root for the team as if they're still the Metro stars that that's kind of gone away in the last couple of years. But so there was sort of like a philosophy difference there, but I will say, because I know everyone that runs these two clubs is the, the relationship between the two, the last couple of years has been excellent. So, but no, the, to the point you're making, and, and the devils have this problem too on, on, on social media, is like you just people think that you're not allowed to scrutinize the team. And it's not like we're Leafs fans sending Mitch Marner uh, death threats after he has 93 points. We're legitimately upset at a team that is not performing well and not getting better each offseason. Now, the devils look like they're turning that corner. But after they won the cup in 2003, you have the lockout in 04-05. Lou Lamorello did not adapt to the new NHL. Um, the new younger, faster, uh, skilled NHL. and uh, he, doubled, he doubled down on the old version of the NHL. Absolutely. Signing players like Tom Kostopoulos and Andrew Peters and Eric Bolton and players like that every year when that role was out of the league. So it took him that long. He put together... a. a a magic roster in 2012 but then after that shout out peter harold peter harold of course but after that he did it again another lockout um and then you get the nhl's getting even younger again and and faster and he's trading andre Lactiano for tuomo rutu and signing dina zubris to multi-year deals signing bryce salvador to three-year deals 
And, you know, the rebuild that should have happened four or five times never happened. So then you get Ray Shiro, who were like, finally, somebody's going to do this right. Ray Shiro, I think, at the end of the day, tried to do it quicker than it was going to take. And it didn't work. Tom Fitzgerald takes over. Granted, what Fitz is doing it is amazing. We have more more reasons to be excited than we ever have in the last 15, 20 years with this prospect group. But you have to understand, if you're one of those Devils fans that says, you know, we're just starting a rebuild, we have to, you know, we have to be patient and all that stuff, and the media tells us this too. People like you and me and and, and the people we know have been dealing with a losing team since 18, 18 years ago, since they won the last cup. Because they weren't making it to the finals, the conference finals. They were losing in the first and second round every year uh, to Carolina or the Flyers or, or something. And we're getting tired of it. So, but, there's, but there's a difference, too. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm the smartest hockey fan or I'm the best hockey fan or I'm a good fan at all. But, like, I have enough common sense to know where I see improvement in the team and I see things turning. Like, if I see, like, you know what, maybe we're not winning every game, but at least we're competitive. Like, I said it, I said it maybe in one of the other podcasts we've done, where maybe Ottawa sucked last year, but you could at least see the team played hard, and they gave effort, and they were hard to play against. Yes. That's all I was looking for. Be difficult to play against. Act like you give a shit. Don't go through the motions. Even if you don't have the best team and you lose 3 nothing, how'd they score the three goals? Did, did, did we have a bunch of chances and just couldn't score and we, we really grinded it out and maybe one was an empty net goal, but we you know we could have played better? Like I don't want to get blown out 5 6 nothing every night. I don't, I don't want to have games where I turn it off after the first period because it's already 4 nothing. I mean, this fucking game's over. And that's all we've had for the past decade. And we just recently, like, and, it's, and it's not like it's a long time ago, I think last season we just had a month where that 3 nothing was happening in the first 10 minutes of the game. Um, yep consistently like over the course of a month um so no you're exactly right ottawa was not good the arizona coyotes were not good but like they were sure as hell putting up more of a fight than the devils were right so that's what i'm looking for i'm not asking i understand a rebuild's a rebuild and i and i understand there's the right way to do it and we're not going to win a lot of games when that's happening but i just want to see improvement i want to see the team make the right moves to get the team better. And I feel like Fitz has done that. And I think they're putting themselves in a good spot to kind of get, I feel like the rebuild is kind of like, this should be like the first real year of the rebuild. Like we're going to see improvement. We're not going to make the playoffs, but I think the team's going to be better. I think they're going to be competitive and I think they're going to be hard to play against. You're going to call me crazy. I I think the devils have a shot to make the playoffs. I, I really do. I just think, the Islanders are really old. Um, I'm not saying they don't. I'm just not counting on it. I'm, you know, would I be stunned? No. Am I think? Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But I think they'll be a hell of a lot closer. Well, I can't say that the Rangers got a lot better. I, I don't understand the moves they made. Uh, Pittsburgh. I can't say that they've gotten better. Them, I think them in the isn't Crosby and Malkin both out for like the first month of the season. Malkin's out for like two, three months. Yeah, I don't know the timetable. You might be right. But, yeah, they're missing them, and they're not. it's not like they're well-improved. Um, the Flyers, you never know with them. 
Uh, they they made a lot of questionable, not a lot, but a couple questionable moves too. The Capitals, their average age, like all of their cores, thirty three to thirty seven, um, and the Rangers are still. A lot has to go right for the Rangers to have a great year. A lot of their young guys have to have to tear it up. They could, they might not. Uh, Columbus. So I, I do think that the Devils are if things go the way we want them to go, are going to be playing meaningful games in February and March. I, I'll i settle for meaningful games in January at this point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, like at least be competitive. Like, be in, be in it. Be within two, three points of a playoff spot in January. At least keep me interested. Because, I mean, like, you know, I talked about being a Falcons fan earlier. I, I'm not kidding when I tell you. I watched the first half of the first game of the season, and I will not watch another game the rest of the season. I, I literally just turn on the Red Zone channel. I can't even deal with it. It's it's so frustrating to like ha- like watch the game. And this was like how I felt about the Devils last year, where ten minutes into the game they're down three nothing, and you know goddamn well they're not coming back. It's like what am I watching this for? I feel you, dude, and it's happened to me the last two or three years. I used to be one of those people that scheduled my entire life around the devil's schedule. Yeah, even if me they too. weren't that good, I had to watch every game. Yep, every single game. And if I missed it, I'd watch the replay. I'd watch Devils in sixty. Dude, there used to be like you know a couple of years ago with with my wife, we'd be like, "Ooh, this band's in town. Uh, should we go to the show? Let's check the devil's schedule." Now I'm not. I'm like I don't even care if the Devils are playing on a certain night. I'm going to a concert. Right. Or I'm you know. Yep. So I, I want that to change, and I I, th- I also think it's part of our age and, and we're yeah growing up too. Yeah, yeah that you don't have the, that kind of time anymore unless they're amazing. Um, like for example, like I have to help my parents like clean out their the house because they're moving to Florida, and I have to go there tomorrow. Manchester United's playing at 7.30 tomorrow morning, so I'm like, perfect. I'll wake up, I'll watch the early game, I'll have breakfast, and I'll go to their house. Like, because I enjoy watching them because they're not, you know, I know what kind of expect. Uh, I, they're one of the only teams that I that I like that, like, goes out and spends money and really tries to win every year, and if they don't, uh, Yankees not included because I just, I, I just don't like, I don't know, whatever. I won't get into that. But yeah, I, I still plan my day. Like I'm planning my day around watching Manchester United tomorrow morning. So if the Devils were were competitive, I would still do that. I'd make sure I watch the games. But it's just not interesting. It just hasn't been interesting the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Well, fingers crossed. I think that's going to change. Um, I think we're going to have a fun season. Um, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of number 17 jerseys in the crowd this year. I hope so, man. I love that everyone is getting on the uh, the Sharon Govich hype train. And, man, to have him. And, and he just doesn't see, like, he doesn't have, not to cut you off, he doesn't seem to have that personality where it's going to be too much for him either. No. Like, nothing seems to bother him. Like, I don't think he's going to get, like, the pressure of, like, Having a good second, he just—he just seems like the kind of guy who's like, "Oh, I've just got to play hockey." And he played a lot of hockey last year. Yeah, yeah he did, and the whole off season too. Yep, yep. So, I ju- i just feel so good for him. Like you know, he just—he recently got—I don't know if it was a year or two ago, but he recently got married. And just watching what's going on in his life, like a couple days ago, when he and his wife uh, traveled here. Um, to move in for the season and just seeing her Instagram where she's walking through New York City and, you know, posting the skyline and stuff. I'm just like, you know what? I just feel so good for this kid. Like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So having him in the right mind frame, 
you know, to have a guy with the possibility of scoring 20, 30 goals when we weren't even thinking he was going to be a regular two years ago or people didn't even know how to pronounce his name, it's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. I mean, I'll take 25. You know, Jack Jack steps up this year, gives you 25. Nico has a full season of being healthy, gives you 20, 25. Yeah, yeah. I, I would... I would love to be one of those teams that has like five 20 goal scorers. Yeah. I could see Brett putting in 15 20. And he's a guy who uh, apparently has been working on a shot all offseason. Um, because he was the kind of guy where, where the finishing wasn't really there, but he was great at making space, making plays, and getting chances. So, I mean, if he's developed a shot, then, then look out. Yeah, I mean, Tatar, I mean, the guy just, all he does is score. He's another guy, 20, 25 goals, hopefully. Yeah, you can be guaranteed 20, 25 goals. Yeah. I think the biggest deal for that, and we really haven't talked this week about Dougie Hamilton that much, is to have somebody like that who has the ability to get the puck to these guys. Because one of the problems the last couple of years, and there were many problems, the Devils couldn't get out of their own zone. So you've got Nico, Brat, Hughes, any of these forwards are carrying, trying to carry the puck 200 feet because the defense defense can't get it out of the zone. Defense. The defense. <laughs> um, what? Uh, but um, to, ha- to have these forwards know that a guy like Dougie Hamilton is going to be able to get them the puck up the ice, I-, I honestly just think that changes so many things in a good way. Yeah. Um, I agree. So um, I'm excited until I until I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be a couple weeks from now, a couple months from now. Uh, let's hope for the podcast's sake that the team is interesting enough to. Uh, well, listen, you know. me me yelling and being angry is always entertaining as well. So that's fine, know. but it only it can only last for so long. Like, oh, I can keep going. Trust. Are me. you going to be the the devil's version of Frank the Tank then? Sure, I can if you want me to. <laughs> Oh my god! He's a Devils fan too, anyway. He's a Devils fan, and he recently started wearing Red Bull shirts, and he went to a couple games. I'm like, Frank, wrong time, man. No, stay away. (laughs) Not now. I'll let you know when it's okay to come back. Leave us alone. (laughs) You already fucking ruined the Jets and the Mets. Oh, I don't blame it on him. Devils and Red Bulls alone. I don't blame it on him. I just felt bad. I'm like, you're getting into the team now. Like, yeah, now's not the time. Um. So anyway, I want to talk to you about something this week. Oh God! Do you know what it is yet? Andrew has an Andrew has an obsession. Yes, he he's a true crime. He's this is going to turn into a true true crime podcast. Yes, it is. We are an hour and two minutes in. So if you were here for just the sports, thanks. Have a lovely evening. Take care. Bye bye. This is a great topic. So I have been watching every day. WFLA in Florida's live streams on the Gabby Petito uh, Ryan Laundry case. Um, and I never really was a true crime person. I watched a couple uh, Netflix things. Uh, don't Fuck With Cats is one of them. It was really good. Um, but I don't read the books, listen to the podcasts. This thing has captivated me um, to the point where, like, I'm looking for people to talk about it with because it's. Yeah, you're definitely obsessed. I am. For sure. It is an unbelievable story. And there's criticism out there, as there there is for everything, but people saying, why is she getting so much attention? Uh, why not all the other people that go missing? And I think there's a, a, a modicum of truth there. Um, and a lot of it is racial disparity, which is a thing. Um, but we have not experienced a story like this. I don't think ever 
where we've got someone who started to become an, a YouTube influencer and, and they were going and traveling across the country. And so people were already starting to know who they were. Then you've got the police body cam of their dispute. So you're in it. You know what's going on between the two of them. Like people were were posting about her everywhere on the internet. Like they knew this was going to happen after seeing it pop up in the news. Um, so then you find out that she's missing. You find out that her body's been discovered. Then you find out about Brian Laundry driving across the country to go back home. He goes missing. His parents look like they're aiding and abetting a murderer. And you've got, a, which would be a ridiculous investigation in its own right, playing out in real time, like with access that people have that they don't have for any of these other missing persons cases. Um, right, but it's also, it's like anything. Like, why does any story become popular? Like, it's just... It's social media. That people social media like yeah it's and plus it's one of these things where like you know they found allegedly like i don't know for sure but from what i've read that someone like a youtuber was like responsible for helping the police find her body yeah like they happened to like drive by and roll back and saw the footage of her her van on the side of the road and they were able to kind of locate her last known position and that's how they were able to find her body so i mean you know it's not a bad thing and again, it's that movie, the show on Netflix. Don't um, fuck with cats. No, the other one oh. that I just watched, um, Clickbait. Oh yeah, where it was very similar. It was like really similar. Like the you know the guy went missing, and people were using like geo geo tracking, searching areas and tagging it. And people were it was like the internet was like trying to find him and stuff. It's very similar to that in terms of, you know, what people on the internet are, are doing. And yeah, you've already got false <clears throat> so sightings. Was... Somebody's like, oh, he's in between Pensacola and Mobile at this uh, hiking right. camera, yeah. or he's in. Somebody just right. said they saw him in Canada, um, which I, I very highly doubt. But uh, I mean, if he's in Canada, they're going to send him right back. That's you know probably our best friend as far as cooperating with law enforcement goes between countries. Yeah. Um, Mexico's too far. I think he's in Cuba, but. You were right about the van thing, though. And so as many bogus sightings there's been, on the other hand, they had a timeline of when she could have been killed. And these people seeing her van puts him in that place at a certain time frame. And that's how they helped find her body. But um, it's, it's amazing to me because what it seems like is this guy murdered this this girl and then took a thousand dollars out of her bank account and took her van and drove home to where his parents or ate or gave him a head start on getting his story straight and getting him out of the area look a lot of people especially in the media are not saying like brian laundry killed gabby petito but how do you as him if you don't kill her, drive home without her, don't report her missing, and then go missing yourself. So I, I just I've been watching this live stream every day. They have these vehicles and these drones and this reserve in Central Florida, like like trying to find him and, and it's just So apparently when he when he got home, the 
the parents they all went on like a camping trip yeah which is like with the van (laughs) like obviously literally just scrubbing you know i mean come on yeah there's two scenarios there it's either that van's cleaner than when they bought it it's like either hey mom and dad i just murdered my my girlfriend let's go camping or hey mom and dad uh my girlfriend who i love very much is missing and i'm very worried about her let's go camping so either way it's very bad so like like I've said to you, I, I my assumption of what happened is she, they got into some altercation, and somehow she ended up dying. I don't think he purposely killed her, like strangled her, or stabbed her, or something. Um, she probably hit her head on a rock or something, and he panicked. And what I do have issue with is he did everything he's done. He did after that is where my issue starts to come in. Oh yeah. Um, he obviously mutilated her body or did something to her body. Um, you know, he went and bought all these supplies and all this stuff. So you know, he did something, obviously. And then the total lack of giving a shit about her family finding her body or uh, literally just lack of regard for her life, I guess, at this point. But my 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 worry here, and we've talked about this, is that he's going to get off. Yep. Because they don't, they just don't have any physical evidence. They, you can say like, I think this guy did it, and I think it's pretty clear that he did. But unless her body has some sort of physical evidence on it, which I doubt. Um, yeah, unless they have eyewitness, they have eyewitness of him killing her, which I doubt. Unless he carved his initials uh, into her arm with a knife, like. <laughs> right. There's a video of it, which I doubt. The the only shot they have is this fucking idiot texted his mother like was texting somebody or you know had a conversation and they were able to tap it or grab the, the messages or he confesses so my hope is that he's just dead uh I, I hope that he was hiding in this reserve and he got eaten by like a pack of alligators and he really suffered when he died mm-hmm. um the only problem with that is the family's really never going to get closure yep. in terms of whether he could still be out there alive somewhere um, so I wish there was a way that there was like an alligator that could talk and be like, yeah, we ate that motherfucker. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. He's not case closed. He, we ate that son of a bitch. He's not going to confess. And I, I was just talking to Jamie about this before. What's to stop him? You know, when they do catch him, if he's still alive from simply saying that as everyone saw, they were fighting. Their relationship wasn't good. What's to stop him from from making something up and just saying, hey, look, we couldn't stop fighting. Gabby told me she wanted to continue the trip and that I should just drive home, and I left. And yep. I don't know what happened to her. The fact that he didn't report her missing, the fact that he's hiding, all that's suspicious, but there's a reason why the FBI waited until yesterday to to uh consider him a wanted suspect for credit card fraud because they don't have anything else right yeah and And that's my concern he's just gonna get off scot-free and where is he right now like he's i I highly doubt he's in canada if you're a smart person and you commit a crime in the united states canada's the last place you go mexico also has an extradition treaty and you're gonna get sent back but it's not easy to get to mexico from florida like You've got to go up all the way over to Texas and find a spot on the border to sneak through. The The crazy thing, and, and I don't know why I don't see a lot of people talking about this, his parents gave him a weak head start where mm-hmm. the cops weren't looking for him. How do you not get on a boat and go 90 miles to Cuba? 
Like, there's no extradition treaty. Cuba has a person who killed a New Jersey state trooper who the U.S. was never able to get back. Like, mm-hmm. that's where he is. I, if if he's really gone, like, if he really got away, that's got to be where he is. So the other thing is they've been searching this reserve for five days, and I just keep saying they must know something if they're if they keep going back there every day with more and more resources. Yep. I like I said, I wish there was a talking alligator that can be like, yeah, we ate this son of a bitch and case closed. Whether he did it or not on purpose or on accident, he's dead. Case closed. Let her rest in peace. We ate him and he suffered horribly. I will be fine with that if as long as the parents get what's coming to them because – I don't think there's any way they don't get charged. Yeah, and and according to Florida law, you cannot be uh, charged with accessory after the fact if it's your son. Right. The parents can't. But for sure, yeah, but they can be charged with obstruction for sure. Yes, yes. So what I think they did, and obviously this is just a theory because it sounds good. Um, So after the, the police were looking for him and they were like, oh, he went camping in that reserve. And then they go find his Mustang there. So... Number one, a guy whose girlfriend has just been murdered, whether he did it or not, he's just going to go camping or hiking by himself. Um, And then the weird thing the parents did was they went to that reserve after they considered him missing and brought the car home. Mm -hmm. Why would you do that if you knew your son was in there somewhere? Like, what if he shows up and wants to drive home? (laughs) Like, So they're absolutely obstructing this investigation. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. So that's that's one of the most wild things to me, and I, I don't know what's going to happen. And I was saying to you the other day, how bad do you think Netflix and like Hulu are fighting with each other to get oh. the rights to this thing? Unbelievable. They probably already casted Brian and Gabby, and they're getting like pre-production started. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, so I wanted to talk about it. It's the first time I've ever really gotten into. Because, like, unfortunately, and look, I think there should be a lot of attention paid to every missing person. And it would actually be awesome if the Internet was able to investigate every missing person. I think a lot of people would be found and uh, people would be abducted less if they knew that the entire world was going to look for them immediately. Um, Well, it depends on on the news. Yeah, it depends on the news. But one of the anchors for that Florida station said something that made a lot of sense. Like... Most missing people, you don't get this content. You get a picture of them smiling from two years ago. And you say, this person's missing. He was last seen here. Hopefully we find them. And then a body shows up. Yeah. Like well, this- there, there was, I just saw the guy that was missing in shit. It was one of the Midwestern states. And he was He's found missing. in the river. In yeah, he was found in the river, yeah. Yeah, I, I just saw his mother on TV. I felt so bad for her. Um, but, like, this is just bizarre because we've got every step of this entire story. And, and there's just so much else that is, you know, people are, are saying they saw them. Then you have that restaurant in Utah that uh, there was a confrontation at. happens to be the same place that this, this uh, couple was murdered. And for two crimes like that in a little sleepy town in in Utah, like people are trying to connect that to Brian. Um, So I think it's, you know, in the day of social media, you're going to see more and more of this sort of stuff. Um, 
I remember a couple of years ago, and, and I don't know why. You never had, like, something just, like, really hit you for some reason? Yeah. Like, just, like, really affected me. Was I don't know if you remember it, but there was, um, I don't know if you know where it was. Some lady was, like, doing some news report, and the dude, like, shot her on, like, live TV. Oh, yes, and her cameraman, too. Right, yeah. And then he that. live filmed himself and was like live streaming himself, like had video footage of him doing it, like from a GoPro, like his yep. angle and stuff yep. like that. Like really, I don't know why, like really haunted me for like days. Like I didn't sleep like that shit was just like one of those things where you're just like you just never know what's going to happen. It's crazy. And I think and that's I just, what's special about this, because um, if, if you're talking about the public, everyone should care about a missing person. But. The general public and the Twitter and Reddit population generally need a reason to get invested. And mm-hmm. for me, it was the body cam of the of the police during that hour that they stopped Brian and Gabby after they got called. 911 was called for a domestic dispute because Gabby was nonstop crying the entire time, blaming herself for what was going on. And I, I, I'm never going to say the police didn't do their job. I just don't know. But... Just looking at her, I'm like yelling at the TV like this this poor girl is being abused. She is she is displaying every sign of someone who is being seriously mentally and physically abused. And then 20 feet away, Brian's like, I hope she's not saying too many bad things about me. And he's like yeah. calm and 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 blaming it. Oh, on he was a, her. He's a sociopath for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, in a perfect world, I hope they find him and they somehow string him up with Gabby's murder and that other couple that was murdered. Um, I want him to go down for everything. Yeah. And then in the real world, he's going to go down for nothing. Which is going to suck. If they ever catch him. Right. And maybe one of those things where he gets off and somebody takes matters into their own hands. I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, that would that would kind of be good, too. I just, I know you want you want him to be killed by alligators and snakes and wild boar and all that stuff, but just part of me thinks like, if that happens, then the, then the Petito family has to, and I, the Schmidt family because it's two, uh, her mother, have to live with this guy probably killed Gabby. We don't have closure, and they've got to live the rest of their lives. Like well, that's that. why I said I need a talking alligator that can tell them that for sure it was him. Yeah, an alligator be like, yo, officer, this guy, this guy admitted to killing his girlfriend, so I ate him. He tasted (laughs) so good. Yeah, this guy walked up to me and said, hey, alligator, you know, I just killed my girlfriend and then I ate that motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, I licked my fingers. He was good. (laughs) I mean, that would be like dream scenario. Yes. Yeah, that would that would be great. But like how if he's still in this reserve, how is he alive? Um, and they're saying that it's like a really, really rough area. Yeah, they said seventy-five um, percent is covered with water because of the rains they've had, and like it's shallow water where, like, if you try to sleep, you're gonna get eaten by an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> so. So we'll end it with a, a feel-good story from Twitter. Uh, since we're talking about this sort of stuff, sure. Um, I think this was in the UK. A dad forced a pedophile who abused his six-year-old daughter to dig his own grave before stabbing him to death. Now, that is something I can get behind. 
That's like what they did in Saving Private Ryan to that one German soldier. They made him dig the yeah. grave. And then yeah. he was like, Betty Boop, what a dish. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they let him go. Right. So, yeah. And it's, you know, a feel-good story. You know, I, I can't say I, I wouldn't. I don't. I was going to say I can't say I would do it, but I don't know if I would. Or, I, I don't know. I can't 100% say that I wouldn't if somebody harmed my child. I think if you were in that situation, and I don't have a kid, so you know more than me, but if I knew someone definitively harmed my child, um, the thoughts I would have would be quite disturbing on how mm-hmm. I would dispose of this person. Yeah, um, so I, I could see myself maybe doing that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about clickbait real quick because you brought it up. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> you haven't finished it yet? No, I finished it. All right. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't love. I enjoyed uh, the first. How many episodes were there? Ten, I think. Ten. I enjoyed the first eight episodes. I, I like things. There were things I didn't like about it, but I like shows that are where you, you kind of get like, um, you know, oh, I know who did it, and then shit, it wasn't them, and then oh, I know who did it, shit, it wasn't them. Like I like that sort of stuff, but I didn't like. I didn't like. You know, spoiler alert. I didn't like the the ending of who actually did it. It was like very like, eh. yeah, yeah. Because they they set up like ten different people to have done it. At one point, when they had the episode where they were highlighting their son, mm-hmm. and then they had these text messages. He was talking to like an anonymous person. That person's like, "Your secret's safe with me." I'm like, Jesus. Now they're now they're trying to make people think that the fucking son killed him. Right. Yeah. Um. I just didn't like that like two or three episodes set up where they made it look like um, like the wife's fault for having the affair and then they make you feel less shitty about her because then they make you think that he was banging all these these women and yeah I could have um, done without that whole the episode of the wife I could have done without that whole episode yeah because they kept setting up these <laughs> scenarios that had no payoff they're like let's get right, you invested then, then in this then it was her the guy she cheated on him with could it have been him yeah, and so to have that old couple, like spoilers, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. I'm sure nobody's made it an hour and twenty minutes into this, but in case you have spoiler alert, yeah, spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear how clickbait ends, don't watch it. Number one, but don't <laughs> listen to us. So, like that woman who's got to be sixty uh, or fifty-five, sixty has the technological capabilities to to pull that off. Um, like, but like, I don't understand the hut, like the husband. Yeah, yeah, her husband. Yeah, he was just like straight from like, oh, you have these online profiles. All right, I'll just kill this dude. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, like, oh shucks, my wife's nuts. Guess I gotta murder people now. (laughs) Guess I gotta fucking hit this guy over the head and then bury, just dump his fucking body in a in a river. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, and then like, how about? How many times did they try to make you think that him or his assistant coach or whatever at that volleyball, like they were molesting friend, the, yeah. they were molesting yeah, the friend. students then. Uh, right. Yeah. Yep. Like they just kept introducing things that, that didn't need to be introduced. Yeah, I know. To purposely throw you off. And I hated that. And number yeah. one. Number two, Adrian Grenier, goddamn, like just take your entourage money and stop acting. He's just not good. Like, I didn't think he was that bad. The sister, I hated her hair, and I hated the fact that she wore the same pants in every single scene of every episode. She was the worst character of the show. For she sure. she picked a fight I, with every single person she came across. 
I didn't like the wife either. Yeah, yeah. I, not the actress. I mean, I just didn't like her. I didn't like the wife. Like that after they found out he might not have actually been doing it, where she just kind of like wanted him to, where she was like mad. That like, well, this means that he didn't actually, this wasn't him. It was actually him getting catfished. And she was like mad about it. And she, I was like, oh, you're a real bitch, aren't you? Yeah, she ended up being the one that had the affair. Right. And he set up a dating profile because he was grieving and, you know, that's never okay. Two wrongs don't make a right, of course. But I'm still not clear on that. I'm still not clear on that timeline. Because that dating profile was set up on 2018. And they never really specify when she cheated on him or how far past it was. It seemed recent. The story's taking place. I know. That's what I mean. It seemed recent. And the dating profile specifically said it was set up in 2018. Now, I thought it was crazy. And then Renee watched it also, and she said the same thing. And I'm like, all right, I thought I was crazy, but I guess I'm not. I mean, I am, but not about that. Yeah, and he definitely set it up because the old lady that ended up being the one that, that caused all of this, like, found it on his computer. And right, and then continued. she was getting messages. Yeah. So... The timeline. You know what I mean? Like when, like when they showed her, like how she did it and how she started it. She had his phone, and he got a message. Yeah. Oh, dude, how about like when she talked to the one woman on the phone with the voice changing software? Oh my god, that's so bad. But (laughs) no, but like so that that's my point though. Like she got that message from the girl that, the painter girl that he never ended up actually seeing. Yeah. But she's the one who messaged him when the old lady had the phone. So that makes me wonder, like, that's why I was, like, really confused of, like, when did he set this dating profile up, you know? Well, then they introduced that girl in California and that entire scene about I had a a relationship with your husband. I had to come tell... I had to drive from L.A. to to San Francisco to tell you this. Um, Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. You're right. The more we talk about it, (laughs) that she admitted that she never really met him. (laughs) Like, you had to drive eight hours to tell a grieving widow that you had a relationship with her husband when you never met the fucking guy. You turned me around. Fuck this show. (laughs) Fuck this show. Fuck that show. It's so Fuck that show. This is a little mini, terribly entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck that show and everyone's associated with it. It just, I got so hooked, like, the first two or three episodes. It was a good premise. And then I just get to that point that I get with most shows. I'm like, I've wasted time. I got to go all in. I know. I started watching the new season of American Horror Story, and I'm feeling the same way about it. Uh, I sort of like the concept of that, though. The the pill that turns you into the the vampire. Yeah. But and if you have talent, you turn into a super vampire. But if you're untalented, you turn into those Walker people. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't liked it so far, but I'm sticking with it. The only the only season I haven't watched and I've tried five times was Roanoke. I thought it was so bad. I just can't watch it. But in general, I like the rest of the episodes. The I miss I miss Murder House. I thought that was the best season. Uh, I mean, that was the best season for sure. I loved Hotel. It yep. was really good with Lady Gaga. I like G- the Coven. G- Lady Gaga. Yeah, Lady Gaga. I like the Coven. Um, I didn't like the Freak Show. I didn't really like any of the new ones, newer ones. I did like 1984 just because you know me. I like 80s movies. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of which, what? Coming up on the next episode of the terribly entertaining movie podcast, when we ever record it, is the 1987. I think off the top of my head, 1987. Just one of the guys. One of my personal favorites. 
Yeah, I'm intending on us doing that this weekend. So right now, as we record, it's 11.53 on Friday night. I'm going to release this podcast Saturday morning, just because you release shit in the middle of the night, and it'll just get lost. So we need to make sure our four listeners are aware that there's an episode. Um, And then, God willing, uh, I got a lot of family shit going on. And as long as that doesn't pop off this weekend, uh, then we're going to get that podcast done. Um, Hopefully get back. I'm locked and loaded. Yeah, you watch the movie. I still have to. I mean, I've seen it a hundred times, but I need it just to make notes to go through it. And I was just cracking up watching it again the whole time. I hope it's... You're going to love... So you're going to love the brother. I, and I, I talked about it with my boss today. I don't know why he wasn't in anything else because he was literally every scene he was in was fucking hilarious. You like him or Frankie Mermaid better? The brother, Buddy. Buddy is the, okay. is the best because he's in it a lot. He's in the movie a lot. He's just hilarious through the whole movie. You told me that not a lot of people listen to the Velocipaster episode. and Four. Yeah, so I was thinking about that. And in a perfect world people would watch the movie after hearing us talk about it but i just don't think that people have that kind of time so um we got to start doing movies that a lot of people know about like well uh, this was voted on by 20 something people chose um just one of the guys yeah yeah i think after that i'm gonna pick like a rock the rock movie like uh like san andreas or um good okay i've seen that skyscraper which is one of my i'll tell you uh, rampage i i like that which one was Rampage? Have you seen the one with you know the Nintendo the NES game Rampage with King yeah. Kong and the lizard? Oh, yeah, he made cool. it. The Rock was in a movie about it. I liked it. I thought it was good. I didn't see that one. Annabelle loves that movie. What about the Rundown with Sean William Scott and and the Rock from the nineties? I remember it, but I don't I don't remember much. I've I've watched it. I don't remember much about it. Christopher though. Walken's in it too, but um, we got to come up with like a hot take movie. Uh, movie this movies that a lot of people like and, and we can find a reason yeah. to fucking hate it. So, well, anyway. that's the thing. Like when somebody brought up like that's those aren't terrible movies. Like that's not the point of the podcast. Is not the point of to watch shitty movies. It's to watch for me movies. It is. Well, for you it is, yeah. But to me, it's like I, I you know, I've, most of the movies I've chosen so far are '80s movies because I love '80s movies. But for me, it's like, did they hold? Did they really hold up? And part of it is that you haven't seen any of these movies to see what you really think about them, whether they're actually funny or they're just terrible and they haven't really held up over time. Um, because I got a long list of 80s movies because <laughs> I love them. And we got to find another gem like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And I don't know if I said this on the other podcast. The only reason I found that movie is because I was scrolling through Voodoo because I, I get a lot of digital movies when they're on sale. And it was on sale for five bucks. And just the name of the movie and the cover, I was like, this has to be stupid. I had never heard of that movie before. And I just looked at it and said, this has to be bad. And thankfully, it was. And um, it worked I think out. I need to... I'm going to need to watch Spaghetti Man, even if it's for not even for the podcast. I need to watch that. Dude, we should have... If we ever have the fucking time... I don't... I can't drink, but... Like we just need to hang out and watch Spaghetti Man, the movie with the uh, llama. Llama getted, llama getted. Yeah, yeah, and just like go through them and then just do a podcast about all of them. That would be fun. That's good to me. All right, this is uh, the longest Two podcast. Hours. We it's an hour and a half. It's the longest podcast we've done. Uh, an hour and seventeen minutes is our previous high. Um, I'm just really wired right now. I had two cups of uh, cold brew coffee, which is 
the equivalent of four shots of espresso. I'm fucking awake. You should get some of your work done. Oh, no. (laughs) Do some work, fucker. I'm going to bed. I was going to play video games for a bit, but I'm going to go to bed probably because i got to help my parents move shit all day tomorrow. You don't want to play a couple rounds of Apex right now? No, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. Um, I'm sure I know. I bet you I know someone who will. I'm going to text him. Hold on. He's playing Phasmophobia right now. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Where is he? Where is he? You're around? Question mark. And then he's going to be like, yeah, what's up? And I'll say, just saying hi. I'm going to bed. (laughs) No, I, I, I feel bad. I have played video games once in the past three weeks, and it was this past Monday when I streamed. I've been playing Valorant a lot. Fun fact, I've been kicking the shit out of everyone in Valorant, so I'm like, oh man, I'm really good at this. I'm going to play a competitive, and at the first competitive match I played, I went 1-18. in 18. I'm not giving in. 1-18. 1-18. I got fucking dumpstered. You should, uh, like, you should get in touch with Chris. He oh. plays it a lot. Yeah, I know, yeah. I just wanted to like get the feel for the game for a little bit before I bothered him playing it, you know? There are just no good games coming out. Well, I mean, there's a couple. There's uh, Far Cry 6 and uh, Forza Horizon 5 I'm, I'm excited for. But as far as, like, streamable online multiplayer games... Primal um, Dominion, baby. What's that? Oh, look it up on Steam. I downloaded the demo. It might actually be available now. Here's the question. Who's the developer? It runs off Unreal Engine, if that makes any difference. I just feel like it's going to be... up. Oh, yeah, stakes around. What's up? Just hanging out. Um, it's. I feel like it's going to be an Isle of Nine or Ring of Elysium. No. It's going to show promise or Spellbound or that other one. It is one that... a single-player action-adventure story game featuring dinosaurs, horror, puzzles, and more. Jesus. You're being hunted by dinosaurs, and you have to do, like, uh, you know, like Tomb Raider sort of puzzles to figure out how to unlock the power do this that the other thing sort of stuff. single player i might check it out yeah i downloaded the demo it looks like uh i don't think the yeah, april it's time on april but the demo is available so you can play the demo steak is drinking some wine and playing some phasmo at the moment you sound like a basic pumpkin spice white bitch uh, and what are you you shut the fuck up. <laughs> How dare you call anyone a pumpkin spice white bitch when you're the biggest pumpkin spice white bitch I've ever seen in my life. I have my old, my own uh, pumpkin spice cold brew uh, marinating in the fridge. Dork. Shut up. We should go now. Yeah, um, I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> thank you for whoever. You know what? If you got this far, let me know and I might have a prize for you i'm gonna think about it um so you gotta say you gotta say a word at the end so that you'll know that they listened what's the word what's the safe word it's frankie they can just say it's frankie mermaid frankie mermaid tell me mermaid yeah mention frankie mermaid to me and and we'll talk but um seriously though uh we talked about a lot of things the devils for a while the red bulls uh true crime gabby petito I kind of want this podcast to be like that. I don't want it to just be devils. That way, when they stink in a couple of months, we got stuff to talk about. But uh, no, let me know if you listen to all this stuff and you enjoyed it. And if you think we're good at something in particular, let me know and uh, we'll expand on it. Because 
and this podcast is nothing if no one listens to it. So we would really, even if you tell us we suck, like tell us why we suck. We want to work on it, you know? Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Have a lovely Frankie evening. Mermaid. Frankie Mermaid. Yeah, Frankie Mermaid is the code. Uh, what the code's good for, we'll figure that out. We'll talk. I might send you a Michael Camilleri bobblehead. Um, Ooh. I can you include one of your chest hairs with it to really make it personal? Well, they're still growing back. Uh, I got shaved. I'm sure you got one. No, you got I, one I got you can pluck lot. out. I got shaved for my surgery. Put that right on my cam- put my cam- right on my camillary's head. You know what? I'll tie it, it in a little ribbon like um like Wayne Newton did for <laughs> <laughs> Vegas vacation. <laughs> it's a lock of my hair (laughs) it's a lock of my hair (laughs) come back later i'm gonna make pasta (laughs) dean's martin dean martin's recipe i always make too oh my god that fucking movie um anyway yeah we'll talk about it uh otherwise thank you very much for listening this will be posted uh let's consider it saturday morning we'll have the movie podcast done and uh the devil's got some scrimmages coming up this weekend. So next week, we're going to have much more about what players are looking good, what players are looking like a regular old huge specimen. Um, huge specimen, you mean? <laughs> huge specimen. And uh, Dylan McElrath, maybe. And we'll go from there. Have a lovely weekend. Bye. Goodbye.